again, Dr. Sharma. Thank you so much for um, coming back to the Humarian Health Podcast today. Hi, thank you so much. It's, a, it's an honor to be back. Thank you. Great. Yeah, we had have a great response from the last uh, recording that we did relative to your book, The Pursuit of Gut Happiness. And as we suspected, we had a few questions come in from folks who listened to it. So we thought we would just take a five or 10 minutes today with you and go through our top five questions and get a little bit more of your wisdom out to our to our listenership. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Great. All right. So, and these are kind of all over the board questions. Um, but so here's the first question. One is, are there foods other than things like kefir and yogurt, which we talked about in the last podcast, um, that are probiotic rich? Yes. Uh, one of my favorites is sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Sauerkraut is very rich in probiotics. And then uh, buttermilk is good probiotics. Miso I have some miso soup mm-hmm. from Japan. Oh, yeah. It's a good probiotic food. And then uh, also there's an Indian food, and actually it's the real pickle. You know, uh, in America, the pickle we have is a cucumber and, you know, the sugar. We call that pickle. pickle. But in Indian culture, there's a special fermented pickle made with the mustard oil and spices and um, uh, raw mango. Ooh, that that's a probiotic good. food as well, and that's rich in lactobacillus. So if you guys ever go to an Indian store or Indian uh, restaurant, ask for their pickle, which is also called uh, achar, A-C-H-A-R, achar. That's rich in lactobacillus, and it's very good for the digestive system. That sounds wonderful. All right, I'll definitely look into that. Great. Okay, so the second question is, if there is such a thing as a bad Probiotic. So we talked about you know different ways to get probiotic in our diet, either through food or through supplementation. But is there such as a thing as getting a bad probiotic? That's a great question. As a matter of fact, very good question. Uh, a bad probiotic is the one which is made by somebody in the garage. <laughs> so I'm going to qualify that. Okay. So which means you know we have no quality control. We have no idea what they're putting in the probiotic. You know there may be too much sugar. There may be too much artificial sweetener, too much magnesium stearate, or, or a lot of unnecessary things they add on to the probiotic to make it look sexy. For example, some people, you know, add mango to the probiotic or lychee mm. or, you know, green tea, things like that. Probiotics do not need those fancy things with them. Uh, and the probiotics, in, in, in reality, they should be simple. They should be in a simple base in the suspension along with the symbiotic or a prebiotic. That's how they should be. Okay. So that, that's what I would call the bad probiotics, which is carrying unnecessary things. A pure probiotic should be pure. Just nothing else but a probiotic in a good base. Okay, great. Excellent. Um, the third question that we got, and we actually get this a lot when we're talking to different people about vitamins and supplementations and things, and that, you know, there's obviously a variety of supplements that people um, are probably would be beneficial to take um, and that they try to prioritize, especially if they're on a tight budget or something like that. And so one of our listeners was wondering if a probiotic supplement kind of should be a priority for everyone, kind of regardless of age, um, or if there's, you know, a certain, I guess, time that is better to take one than, than another. Sure. That's a good question again. See, the beauty of probiotics is when you take them, they last in your body anywhere from two to three weeks. So you don't have to take one every day. You can take one every other day or every, every other day. So even twice a week or three times a week will be good enough as well to get you the benefits. So if you're on a budget, that's something that will help you. 
And, uh, you know, if you want to buy a probiotic, you know, monitors and buy a good one. And, you know, of course, like the brand you guys carry is actually very good. Yeah, I tried that myself, too. It's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, a brand with a, a, with a track record, good, good reviews, things like that, it should be people, you know, I mean, people should look for that. Cost is always a factor, as you know. So I think we just have to balance our budgets and see, okay, do we drink this extra Starbucks latte today or <laughs> shall I just save the money and buy a probiotic? Right. Or do I go buy an extra pack of cigarettes today or buy a probiotic? Shall I buy an extra case of beer today or buy a probiotic? Right. So I think, you know, when we look at our finances carefully and do have like a forensic approach, I'm very sure we can find uh, money to buy a good probiotic for health and wellness because that will keep us well for a long time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. So one of the things we talked about when we had you on the show before was how amazingly delicious the food looked in your book um, and that it isn't not just a book about probiotics and the and the benefits of that, but also um, the recipes and things that you have. And so um, we were curious what sort of some of the most important foods are to to eat and also to stay away from in terms of maintaining a healthy gut because it's not just about the supplementation but obviously about good food or or maybe not so good foods for you that you might need to avoid. Okay, very good question. You know, uh, it's, it's very tough to find good food. It's very tough. You know, all those chicken wings and pizza, the processed, the processed food, the pasta, yeah. they're everywhere. It's almost like finding Nemo. You just can't find good food, <laughs> you know. So uh, that's why it's a, it's a struggle. So for me, you know, uh, when I go to any restaurant, I go to the menu and I pick one healthy option. So every time I go there, I just stick with that option because I know it's non-toxic. Mm-hmm. So to qualify that more, you know, foods which are too savory, you know, which sound too salty, too rich, or uh, uh, too much hearts, you know, like, like let's say buffalo wild wings. I mean, I used to be a big fan back in the day. Uh, you know, when I was younger, but as I got older, I'm like, oh my God, the hot sauce and the chemicals in the sauce, they upset your GI system. Yeah. So as I learned my lessons, you know, you know I realized that all these fast food restaurants we have and, and the way they treat the meat, you know, they all carry the toxins, which cause to GI distress and leaky gut. And half the time, you just have to pay attention to your food and minimize things such as artificial sweeteners, too much corn syrup, too much FODMAPs. Mm-hmm. FODMAPs are uh, fermentable oligosaccharides, monosaccharides, disaccharides, and polyols. Mm-hmm. Means sugar alcohols, right? When you read, uh, when you read a label, you will see that uh, a lot of times it says no sugar added, but in reality, these guys are just massaging the law because uh, they have great lawyers. I love lawyers, just for the record. They're great lawyers who can tell them, hey, listen, you can use this word and not that. So these guys get away by just saying, okay, uh, you know, there's no sugar, but there's sugar alcohol in that. So anything that ends with an all or LOL, lol or all, mm-hmm. there's something you got to stay away from because the sugar alcohols, when they go inside the gut, they not only irritate the gut mechanically, but the bacteria also ferment them and they can make toxic substances that could damage the gut epithelium and the ecosystem and give you diarrhea. You know, I had patients drinking Diet Coke for a long time and they had diarrhea every day. I mean, all I did was to stop the diet coke and diarrhea went away. Oh, wow. So it's the sweeteners. It's the sweeteners in the food that make all the difference. So we have to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, we pay attention to the labels and read the labels very carefully. 
and always avoid unnecessary things in your food. Great. That makes a ton of sense. Also, extra uh, help in terms of determining how to read labels. I hear, I hear that a lot, actually. We'll read what's on the label, and I get a little bit concerned about, well, if there's more than three or four ingredients that I recognize, then that obviously kind of seems like a food to possibly stay away from. But it sounds like there might be some good choices, but staying away from those that have lots of LOLs or OLs in terms of the ingredients, that, I mean, that's a super practical takeaway for me. So that was great. Um, and so the last question that we have is actually the, it's kind of the reverse of the previous question, which is um, a lot of times there are foods that we are told are healthy, right? They're commonly perceived as healthy. And I think fast food places and lots of other places that maybe um, secret marketing engines behind these things that say like, have a healthier you know food choice and get the, the smoothie or the yogurt parfait or even maybe the applesauce or whatever instead of french fries or whatever. Um, and so I'm curious kind of what your perspective is on, you know, what are maybe some of those commonly perceived healthy foods that we think maybe we're, we are making a good choice um, that perhaps we are not making a good choice um, in those okay. decisions. Sure. Yeah. Thank you again. Good question again. Uh, you know, one of my favorite pet peeves Pieces, you know, uh, all these uh, Greek yogurts and, uh, you know, all these activities, right? I mean, it's a great concept, but there's so much sugar in there. Mm. And uh, especially, you know, Greek yogurt, uh, you know, maybe I should not name the brand, but when you <laughs> see Greek yogurts at the bottom, you know, you see all the sugar, like a layer of sugar. So you're taking through this delicious, creamy, protein, calcium, phosphorus rich layer. And in the bar, there's so much sugar that just undoes everything they're mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like the Greek yogurts or probably any re- yogurt really that has like the fruit, some sort of fruit part to it or some other other uh, material in it? Or are you, I mean, you, are you talking about like straight up plain Greek yogurt also still has that sugar in it? Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's so many brands out there. I think we may just have to look at, you know, again, okay. I think it comes to reading the label. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, as long as I mean, if, if you would ask me, if, how, how would Dr. Shama make his Greek yogurt? Well, my Greek yogurt will have no sugar. My Greek yogurt, you know, yogurt will have pure yogurt fermented. And I, mm. I may add some type of natural flavor to it, you know, such as maybe dates. I may add dates to them. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe I can add, like, real fruit to them. Mm-hmm. I will avoid sweeters and preservatives. Gotcha. Cool. Well, thanks for kind of clarifying some of these questions. I'm sure we will have more questions come in um, as we talk more about the pursuit of gut happiness with our folks in your book. And and I truly, really do love the recipes <laughs> in the book. So I, I oh, they're delicious. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, you know, so it, uh, especially the mango. Especially the mango with almond. as a big hit. I have friends who lost 15 pounds just by following the recipe. Really. All right, that just moved up on my list of recipes to try because <laughs> I love mango, so that sounds really yummy. Well, thanks again for being on our show, and we do appreciate you taking some time to answer some questions. And as always, if we get more more questions, hopefully we can reach out to you again. And yeah, uh, anytime. It's always a pleasure. I always love engaging with Emirin. You guys do a great job. You have great content, great team, and you take care of people. God bless you all. Thank you so much. God bless you too. Thanks. Mm-hmm.